Welcome to the Great Lakes Call. Yeah, it's for the first week of 2023. Happy New Year, Hunter. I'm excited to talk some golf with you. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, predictions for 2023. We answer all of golf's big questions. And uh, then we never look back on it to see just how wrong we were after the year's over. Uh, But we will give you our player of the year, rookie of the year, and major winners for 2023. Tell you about a funny story out of Augusta National, Scott Stallings' master's invite getting lost in the mail. Um, Though lost isn't really the word. We'll give you the, the details on that. But first, golf is back. Golf is back, Hunter. It's the Century Tournament of Champions, the first of the PGA Tour's elevated status events so we kick off the new year with golf i can tell you i'm so very very thankful for that because i have been getting crushed trying to pick winners in these bowl games bowl games are so hard it's going to make even the century tournament of champions which is a limited field elevated status golf tournament on a par 73 golf course about as unusual as it gets for the PGA Tour is going to make picking winners for that look easy in comparison to trying to figure out what's going to happen in the Rose Bowl game and some of these other games where I've been just so incredibly wrong about the result. You took Utah? Yeah. Oh my. No, 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 I shouldn't say that. But I, I feel like- I thought Utah was really good after watching them in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. And then I watched them against Granite, their quarterback. I mean, it was kind of a good game. First half was good. But I, I you could tell from the beginning, these guys just are not they're not playing well and they look to step slow. So yeah, dead wrong about that. Be very curious to see like with a little transitive property at work here. I'm very curious to see what uh USC does in the Big Ten. Because they're starting to look like very much a middle of the road. It's not like the Big Ten performed very well in the bowl game. Bowl games. But starting to look like a very middle of the road, middle of the pack uh Big Ten team. I'm bullish on USC. I think they have they have a they have a down roster in terms of the talent that they're accustomed to having. I think they're gonna be a like a it's gonna be Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State versus USC basically every year in the Big Ten championship game, I would say. It does seem like they're head and shoulders above the Western division, which oh, I presu- yeah. is I presume is where they're going. Yeah, they, they better. Even Wisconsin, who will has now hired Luke Fickle, which should be interesting. And welcome to the Great Lakes Football Podcast, by the way. Yeah. Uh, last... What do you? So by the way, real quick before we get on to golf, what do you think is going to happen in the TCU Georgia game? I saw TCU as a thirteen and a half point dog, which just makes me think I need to bet Georgia. But I just got. That was one of the other games I was bullish on and was dead wrong about was that I, I thought Georgia could cover against Ohio State and Ohio State played their best game of the year. Um I think I think it's 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 crazy. Thirteen points is so many points to give up to CCU. I think they're playing they're very much in the like us against the world underdog role. And I teams are so dangerous when they play like that. So I and Georgia obviously had uh, showed some uh, some showed some weaknesses on New Year's Eve, where Ohio State looked like the far superior team. 
I thought Ohio State was going to win the national championship there for three quarters. But I, dude, I that the only reason I survived that night and woke up the next morning is that Ohio State did not win that game. Yeah, I can imagine that. Had they won that game, I would have been either I would have been under something and might have been Earth. Yeah, I uh, so I guess I, I did. I that's just a bad job as a co-host. But how did uh, who who's to blame for the Michigan loss? Who are we blaming? Oh, it's got to be shared. Well, so many, I'd like you so to, I'd many like you missed opportunities. I'm not going to scapegoat anyone, but everyone needs to. J.J. McCarthy gave the other team 14 points. He needs to shoulder a lot of the responsibility. So does Jim and the offensive staff for the two crucial errors deep at the red zone. And then it's hard. I mean, the officials are by far the least responsible of all the parties oh, you're, but in particular the, the roman the roman wilson catch i just was confounded by the fact that they overturned that call when there's as far as what they showed on the television broadcast there was definitely not clear evidence that he was down before the goal line so uh, and the broadcasters were like yeah they gotta just confirm this call or whatever and the guy comes out and he's like he was down at the one. And then it was like, I'm sorry, what? And then before you knew it, we had fumbled the ball away. But it's, blame's got to be shared. I think it's hilarious. You see now all of this like, front page of everything. It's Harbaugh's leaving for the NFL. Oh, yeah. All, it's gonna, all he needs is just one job offer from any team, and he's gone. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, we were joking that you got to, I mean, at some point they got to stop leaking this, or he's just going to stay out of spite. I know. It's crazy. It's like a groundhog day. Uh, so to answer your question in the long form, I actually think TCU is I think TCU is gonna cover and I don't think I don't think a money line bet is is the craziest thing in the world. Wow. So you're you're not bullish on TCU. I think they're I mean <laughs> They made some I, I did, huge I did. plays in that game out of Michigan really over pressured Duggan. Yeah. I, I expected the line I mean I, I just Michigan, I expect their lines to be much more dominant. TCU's offensive line um, had Michigan's off or defensive line in a torture chamber the whole game. They, they yeah, the, our defense. Yeah, yeah, our defensive line was probably a, a weakness of our team this year. I thought it was going to be the secondary, but then Will Johnson was a revelation. So it was more on on the defensive line. We're not good at pressuring the quarterback without bringing extra guys. Which I think probably would have been fine against TCU if we played our bend don't break style and kept him and just kept Duggan just in front of us. But two plays in particular on shallow crossers, we blitzed and got burned for touchdowns just because he was able to credit to him. Like it's, I mean, it looks like we're going to get a sack and he keeps the play alive for that split second longer and gets the ball out on target. So he played well, but we gave, we gifted them that game. I think I think Georgia might sort of like hit the hit the smelling salts and hit the restart and give us one of the worst CFP finals we've ever seen by just absolutely thumping TCU. So what do you think do you think Georgia just was sleepwalking the first three quarters? I think Ohio State really hit him in the mouth. Really surprised him. 
They were much better than Georgia expected. I think Georgia was a little high on its on their horse coming into the game. And I think Georgia's probably more better equipped at every level to handle TCU than, say, like Michigan would be. Mm-hmm. Better coaching, better players, with the exception of a few positions. So TCU got four. We gave them 14 points and two red zone fumbles, and they avoided us coming back on that. You know, they we still had the ball with a chance to go ahead at the end of the game. Yeah. Georgia's not going to make all those mistakes in the national championship. They're too well conditioned. Yeah. I hope not, but that being said, I picked almost every since I think since the I had Tennessee beating Clemson because the ABC force feeds Clemson to us oh, yeah. all year long. And we Love all know Clemson. just how bad they are. And then they give us they give them a three and a, as a three and a half point favorite. So I hit that on the money line, and then I think I just lost everything. Thankfully, I had the Steelers Sunday night that saved my day, and I live bet the money line in the Patriots game. But that was about when they when they went down early fourteen seven. But that was about it. That was about all the all the good for me. So I'm excited about the century. Yeah, even though it's a very difficult event to handicap. Oh yeah. Well, I just think that they had the idea of waiting. Them college kids, 18, 19, 20-year-olds waiting 30 days leaves just so much room for uncertainty as far as how they're going to react out of the gates that, like, bowl games are just, like, like uh, you are experiencing are impossible. Impossible. Yeah. My bowl season is summed up by my bet, my two-lane bet, where I was too chicken to bet Tulane. So I bet them in the first half. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where they of course did not cover. And they went on to win the game. Hit on probably a plus one twenty five or one thirty money line. So uh football being behind us largely well, unless do you want to touch on the Lions because that's been a subject on this podcast in the past. You were it was not too long ago. I remember you telling this audience. You better, I be, it you was better right be before the Carolina game. You better be careful with your words here. Where you I said said you felt like this team was different and they had a really good chance to make the playoffs. I uh, I'm going to need that audio because <laughs> I don't think I think I said uh, I think I said something along the lines of. My friends have been running simulations. I'm not like a diehard. You guys were looking at airfare to go to Minnesota because you thought they were going to be the two seed. As a a joke. I was, I mean, this was, I'm not a diehard Lions fan. It's all like a stick. Uh, I'd like to see them. Obviously, I'd like to see them uh, play well. But this is, I, I hope, I hope when my friends listen to this reports back that, (laughs) I, I am a little, it is, it does feel like a little bit like loser's mentality of the fact that like a lot of them seem very okay with the, that like, even if the Seahawks win, well, we still get to beat the Packers to not kick them out of the playoffs. It's like bad, uh-huh. bad teams plays the play the spoiler, not, yeah. not good teams. We don't, we're yeah. not, we should not be thinking about that. So it seems like they're just, they're okay, way too okay with the fact that like the Seahawks are going to win that game. The Rams have no desire to win that game, and the Seahawks have every desire to win that game. I know you can't 
I know you can't tank in the NFL, but that's going to be about the closest display of tanking I think we'll ever see in our lives. Why would the Rams want to win that game? <clears throat> right. And yeah, I know. And it's painful that we don't know that we got flexed to Sunday night. It it makes sense. It's the almost are, competitively are unfair. Because even though the Seahawks game is effectively a done deal, that should be where I put my money on Sunday is on Seattle to cover whatever the number is. But there could have been at least a littlest bit of pressure had we played a regular 1 p.m. kick and won that game before they kicked off in the afternoon, mm-hmm. three hours later, knowing that they had to win. Yeah. Versus... Likewise, the Packers losing or the Packers winning, excuse me, and the Seahawks knowing that they're eliminated, then they can go ahead and lose to try to improve their draft position or whatever. So I don't know. That's that's where the flexing thing seems a little the league and the broadcast have have control over the game times when that affects the sitch the playoff scenarios. Yeah. It's a bit dicey. As a Lions fan, it rubs me the wrong way. But we're definitely not getting in. We definitely weren't getting in three weeks ago when we were on our way to Carolina. But that is Lions football. It's what happened in Carolina. Say all you want about the past however many weeks. That's Lions football. You go play an inferior opponent and get completely shelled in an embarrassment. I don't even remember the final score of that game, but it was unwatchable. It was a lot to a little very quickly. Yeah. So I think uh, it's a, it was a a very successful season uh, as far as as far as what the prediction. I think the over and under was five and a half for the Lions to win this year, games to win this year. So obviously they um, they exceeded expectations. I just don't. I wish. I wish us as Lions fans were maybe conditioned a little better to not seem so okay with being the Packers to play spoiler. I, I totally agree. I think that's such a loser's mentality. Which, and I just, mean, that's, which is how uh, the city of Detroit has been conditioned to feel, so it's not like it's can't blame them. It's just such a disease being a Lions fan. <laughs> yeah. So... This will still will almost be able to watch Kapalua concurrent with watching Sunday night football because we're in Hawaii. So these broadcast times are late, as Hunter was telling me before we opened. Not the not 10. the weekend, not the weekend. Just the, but it was six till eight, right? Yes, but then there's but you're not going to see the end of the golf tournament until eight p.m. on Sunday. So it'll actually lead you right into the Lions game. Correct. Yep. So we'll cash a ticket on a winner at the century. We'll roll that into a Packers bet, and that way we'll uh, we'll all feel like winners in the state of Michigan on Sunday. Century Tournament of Champions. As we've talked about at length on this pod, and as you've surely heard about if you follow the sport of golf, the PJ Tour has these new elevated events, which p- players are required to play in if they qualify. All but one. So we have a sick field at the TOC this year at Kapalua, which is a par 73, 7,600-yard golf course. You may remember Cameron Smith 
now a member of the Live Tour, was a winner here last year, as he set a scoring record of 34 under par. Matt Jones would have set a scoring record at 30 under par, and he got beat by two guys. Rom got second. He's an absolute beast on this golf course, which is no surprise because it's largely about, uh, well, length, I guess, and putting. The course is pretty long, and there's a lot of eagle opportunities, drivable par four and gettable par fives. Uh, so anytime there's a lot of scoring, like like a lot of eagles available, length becomes a, a pretty big factor. And he has, I think, Rom. Here, let me grab it real quick. Cause it's pretty impressive. He leads this year's field in strokes gained in tournament history over the past five years, where he has two seconds, a seventh, an eighth, and a tenth. Justin Thomas is just behind him. And actually, if you looked at more recent history, he's probably a little bit better, though. He was fifth last year, third, first, and third before that. He's won this event twice. Then Xander, who won back in 2019, then Cantley. And then Morikawa plays pretty well here. Um, McElroy is the only one of the uh, eligible players who has opted to burn his one, what would you call that, excused absence, if you will, from the PJ Tour's elevated schedule, if you'll forgive the term, Hunter. Um, so we have no Rory, which is a bummer, but we have basically... Uh, everyone else on this golf course, which is wide open. It's beautiful. It's so fun to watch on TV. And it is that they, if you think of Cameron Smith winning here last year and setting a scoring record, this epitomizes the kind of golf course where Cameron Smith can excel, which is he can get away with a couple foul balls off the tee. Doesn't have to be perfect with the driver and can gain a lot of strokes with his putter. Because these are big greens and it's birdies and eagles galore. So if you're making lots of putts, um, you know you're going to be able to, you know, get in, get yourself into into contention because there's not a lot of trouble. You know, you can the fairways are massive, mm-hmm. and like I said, there's lots of scoring opportunities with this being a par seventy three, and with there being a drivable uh, par four on the golf course. So. The odds board is interesting. It's really tight at the top, but it's kind of soft, majorish uh, pricing. Which I feel John like John Rahm is the, the favorite. You think that's going to kind of be the constant theme of these elevated events? We're just going to essentially have like 16 majors now? Kind of, yeah. yeah. On the gambling side, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Really, really short numbers on favorites. We're going to have to do a little recalibration of what constitutes value in the out, in these outright markets, I think, they're on these to, elevated events. They're trying to box you out. You had too many outright winners. It is, it, is, it is a bummer. It is a bummer because this event would be a lot easier to handicap if not everyone was there. You know, like when everyone's here and it's already an event where you've got to be long, it's really hard to see anybody behind. You have to really work hard to make a case for guys, guys outside 20, 25 to one. Yeah. So. And when there's, 15, you know, 10 of these or whatever it is, 15 or 10, 12 plus, you know, the majors now all of a sudden this pretty substantial part of your schedule is dealing with this and you're left with the Honda and the travelers to, tra- oh no, even the travelers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's going to be crazy, but. 
This week, Rom leads it off at six and a half. Scheffler nine to one. Xander ten to one. Cantley ten to one. JT eleven to one. Fee now fourteen to one. He's not have a good record here. Hovland and Sungjae eighteen to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Cameron Young, Colin Morikawa all twenty to one. Burns and Spieth twenty two to one, and then Zalatoris, Tom Kim, uh, cap out cap off the 25 to one and unders. And then I'll mention a few more. Cause I th- I'll go back to like 50 and then we can just kind of talk about these guys. Cause home is 30 and Decky's 35, which are very interesting numbers for players of that skill set. I'm sure homo would love to win an event like this. Um, Wise is also 35. Harmon, who got a third in his only previous appearance here, is 40 to 1. Seamus Power, Russell Henley, Sahithi Gala, who's scorching hot and just won the team event with Tom Hoagie. Adam Scott, 45 to 1. And then Keegan Bradley and Horschel are 50 to 1. That closes out the 50 to 1 and unders. Uh, does anybody really stand out to you there as being someone you know you want to wager on? Oh. No, no, they're really not. Um, honestly, if, if if Rory was playing, that would be who I would be betting. Um, but because he's not, no. I mean, I I like. If we are talking value, I. I still think Max Homa. We'll talk about it later. I don't think I'm gonna pick up a player of the year, but I think he's going to have a, excellent year or really really good year. I think he can hit the ball a mile and if he's making putts 31 31 to 1 seems like what i'm looking at seems like yeah. good value yeah i agree it's kind of like the first I agree. i've also that. i've also heard people comp this to riviera which i found to be a fascinating comp but if that's the case it's a place where homeless won and, and played well mm-hmm. what do you think about cameron young at 20 to 1 i mean he's gonna this he's gonna be he's gonna just He's gonna be. She's gonna hit the ball so far out here. So I guess he's gonna have such an advantage with his his length. Do we feel like he can make enough putts to to win? Plus three sixty to top five, twenty to one outright. The the putting is what I really I struggle with. I mean, if we're who knows if we're gonna get to thirty four under again, but to get to thirty four under, you got to make a lot of putts. And, and I will say, I do think there is a few circumstances that helped us to 34 under like it wasn't as windy last year mm-hmm. it had rained prior to the tour's arrival i think we're looking at more like maybe 30 or probably more like high 20s so it'll keep it a slightly more reasonable but i, I understand that's the that's the one kind of hold back i have as well there's not many guys who are long enough that have longer odds like trey molinax 110 to 1 he hits it plenty long uh, Luke lists 200 to one. He hits it plenty long, but like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not really not going to wager on any long shots this week. Cause I do feel like, um, it's probably going to be a premium player. What do you think about Russell Henley at 45 to one though? This is a guy who's known to play well in Hawaii. He just won. Yeah. He's also really rough on the greens as we've discussed at length on this podcast, but some, some guys who are not particularly good putters have won here. I mean, JT won twice. 
I think Sergio maybe even won here. It's kind of going back, but yeah, no, it's a fair. It's a fair point. I don't. Uh, I do not think Russell Henley is going to win the the uh, Central Tournament champions this week. If that if that's the the question, eight hundred to one to top five. One of these guys back here will will uh, or plus eight hundred. Excuse me, eight to one to top five. One of these guys back here, maybe it's Sahith. Like he's kind of wild off the tee. He'll get away with that. He's so good. He was he's a great putter. Maybe he's a better bet at 45 to 1. I know TOC would be like a huge kind of breakthrough, but again, eight to one to top five. I can see myself getting there. Mm-hmm. Cause there's only a few guys I really like a lot this week. You mentioned Homa. I think both Sahith and Henley are interesting at 45. I think Cam Young is interesting among the guys in the 20s. The Colin Morikawa get a lot of attention this week, probably deservedly so. Sam Burns is long and a good putter at 22 is a fair number. Um, but I think I'm gonna at the top. I'm gonna why why would I not? Why is Justin Thomas four and a half points behind John Rahm? Can you explain that to me? This is a man who's won this tournament twice, got a third. I cannot. He's a, it's a, I'm gonna bet Justin Thomas, I think. At ten to one, eleven to one, yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's obviously you know I'm a JT guy, so that's a good. I think that's a good bet. I mean, Alexander too, but yeah, he's a, he's a point shorter. But I'd rather I'd rather play the the better uh, better player there. So I like JT. I'll play JT. I might get to Cameron Young and Max Homa in some capacity, and I'll pick either Henley or Sahithi Gala for a top five, and I might might. Just press the forty-five to one. Probably not, and I'll just keep my eggs in the JT basket. But you know what? The more I think about it, the more I think I am going to bet Cameron Young. Going to be a s- nice, simple card this week. Yep. Probably three guys. Um. So before we get to the predictions, funny story making the rounds this week. Scott Stallings. Apparently has uh what's the name for that? I are you thinking of doppelganger? It's not really the right word. It's though. not a doppelganger though, because they they will not have the same name as you. They just have the same face. Yes, I thought that. They look like you. It's like a another person with his name. Guy wrote a really funny DM, which has since made the rounds about. I, I play golf too, but nowhere near at your level. Ha ha! Like a <laughs> most dad joke type. <laughs> take ever I was like yeah dude no he's going to play in the masters he's quite a bit better than you you don't need to point that out oh but, don't be uh, don't be a stick in the mud goodness gracious <laughs> i thought that was a, a really funny line you didn't that didn't stand out to you <laughs> no i i thought you were saying i thought you were saying like that was too much i thought it was funny no i got i got a kick out of it okay. i mean i would not have written i would have just been like hey dude classic mix up the tour is so dumb they sent me your invite Send me your address and I'll forward this to you. I wouldn't have been made like a joke about my own skill level in golf. (laughs) (laughs) Not really pertinent. But the fact that he went out of his way to be like, you know, I'd like to go too, but I'm not quite good enough yet. Ha ha ha. Is was I just like I I got a chuckle out of that. I do love how he sent the DM and then he 
like the next DM after that, he like he sends a picture of the invite. He's like, no, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm really not kidding. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. This guy could DM. So anyway, it's a Scott Stallings with a wife by the same name living. The impression I got from that DM was he must he lives in Georgia and Scott must live somewhere kind of reasonably nearby or at least within the state of Georgia for them to, for the tour not to notice like, wait, is this the wrong address? Or at the Augusta national, that is, excuse me. Um, that's the second time I've made this mistake, but anyway, the guy literally got a master's invitation in his mail. <laughs> Would be wild. What a moment. What do you, Oh, it's Augusta national honey, honey. <sighs> There's something here from Augusta. It's a pretty big envelope. What do you think that this is? What do you Hopefully do? Hopefully the guy knew what Augusta National was before he got there. Oh, I would think so. Like, what do you do if... Is there ever a scenario where you just don't say anything and you just show yeah, up? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going. I'm keeping it. I'm like, this, this is on you guys. This is at least... Like, I, ex- I expect a Thursday tea <laughs> I expect a Thursday tea time. Yeah. I promise you, if I shoot over 40 on the front, I'll WD. Only but if I'm under 40 when I make the turn, I'm staying. Okay, I'm yeah. staying until Friday night. I think you're gonna you should, have I think to all escort to do, me off this property Friday night. You have the promise to be able to beat Larry Mize when he shoots an 87. I can't make that promise, dude. Can you? Well, he shot like an 87 last year. No, I, no, I'm not making that promise. He's probably one. so good. Yes. Still. Also, incredible confidence to continue to just tee it up when you're shooting high 80s. You're in and you're out, and you're like, "No, I'm going." Well, it's yeah, it's Augusta. I don't blame. I don't blame him. He's just going to play the two rounds, right? Like he's not. The tournament's kind of like off to the side for him. Well, I think so. I think he goes. He gets to go have dinner, champions dinner. He doesn't. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't care what he shoots. No, I would no. I mean, obviously, I think he wants to play well, but I don't think it's gonna make. Langer thinks he's gonna win. Well, rightfully so. I don't blame him. I might bet on him. I don't blame him for thinking that. I really don't. <laughs> I might bet him to top 40 if they give me a decent enough number. Um, All right, predictions for 2023. And I guess maybe do, should we try to answer some of the big – what are the big questions, I guess, in golf? I mean, obviously the big one is what happens with the live tour. Do you want to make any kind of prediction on that? Because I don't think anything's really – my prediction would be no prediction. Like, I think – these guys are contractually obligated. They've announced these tour dates. The live guys are going to go play live. They're going to play Augusta, probably play the other majors. Those of them who qualify. Eventually, official world golf rankings will give live tour some amount of rankings points, which will probably be the low ball, probably based on their interests elsewhere. And then maybe in 2024 we start seeing some migrations back to the PGA tour from certain guys or more jumping back and forth or potentially some kind of truce or agreement. But I don't think 2023 is definitely not going to be the year of any, there's not going to be closure on the PGA tour live golf story in 2023. Oh, I don't think so. No, not, I don't think anywhere close. I did have written down, uh, do you think a live player, do you think Cameron Smith or Dustin Johnson win a major? Um, 
because I think that that throws a wrench into things big time. You're right. You're right. We talked about that happening last year. I mean, it's definitely possible. I don't think DJ is going to win another major. Um, he maybe even he's decided that. I don't know. He looked really good. I know it's I know it's it's not comparable because I don't know how the course layout would set up to a PJ Tour event, but he looked really good in those live events. Like really, really good. And he would be the guy, right? Him and Cam. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. There's other guys that, but I don't think they're even worth. I suppose like Taylor Gooch could pop and like maybe win a PGA, but is that Oak Hill this year? I don't know. I, I mean, and picking two guys. I mean, the, the obviously the I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win these majors in a minute, but I, I don't. I mean, I would have to say no. Yeah, because I think those are the guys with the best chance, and then you're picking two guys to win one of four events i don't know just tough to say so what do you think would happen if dj wins the masters what do you think happens then chaos in what way though i think it because i don't think it doesn't it doesn't do anything except make things more awkward well yeah i think i think that's what it would that's what it would cause it would essentially I guess the Masters maybe isn't the maybe the Masters isn't the best example because those guys already have those are lifetime exemptions, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe it needs to be like Cameron Smith winning the Masters is the example, yeah. which is highly probable. He's yeah. very good there. Yeah, so that he's would obviously be, he's maybe these might be his like two. This might be his like two year peak of his career here. Yeah. Those are that's a guy that I think would cause some issues because it just adds one more player that they would have to. They wouldn't be able to. They'd have to really rewrite the rule book, the master to keep him out. To keep him out, rather than right now, it's only there's like five or six guys that are past champions. I think seven guys, maybe, where they maybe they'll just deal with those guys and let the other ones fall by the wayside. But if you just have guys that haven't won there, keep winning then it becomes a little tougher from a master standpoint. Yeah, for sure. That's why I think, yeah, it makes it more complicated your decision in 2024, but outside of that for the tour and whatever, I think they've all resigned themselves to this is a possibility. And if it happens, we just move on. Yeah. It gets weird. If Cam Smith's like, I'm so proud to represent live and it starts saying all this stuff on the grounds, but none of these guys are that in the pocket. Even the live guys, it's not like they all turned evil. They're not Saudi government, you know, like it's not ever going to get that way. I think in terms of how they, they're never going to sacrifice their own personal brand to that degree. No, not at all. Cameron Smith's not going to hitch his wagon to, he's going to just rise above it. Yeah. So, and I even DJ would too, I'm sure. I think the worst thing you'll get and we've seen it is just like Ian Poulter wearing live, live clothing. Right. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah, big deal. Um couple of guys who probably who's like let's talk about Cameron Young for a minute. Let's talk about Will Zalatoris. I don't know if you have them on any of your these uh predictions we're gonna do in a minute here, but where do you see the, the careers of those two guys going this year? Because they're two players who are you know, import are going to be big for us to watch. 
And uh, there's much going to be written and attention paid towards these guys. And I think they fit into a slightly different category than, say, a Tom Cameron and Max Homa, who have answered some of the questions that Cameron Young and Zalatoris have not yet answered. Yeah, actually, I have Zalatoris, really Zalatoris written down as a question mark, just as to your point, what what you were just saying. I I really don't know what's what to think of of either Will or Cameron Young. I think I all every time every time I like I I start to think positively about Cameron Young, I just have like some really bad flashbacks to the PGA Championship where he just couldn't make a putt. And if that's like a, that's a thing, that's not a good thing. And it's just, they just wouldn't go in. And he can hit the ball a mile, but there's a lot of guys that can hit the ball, hit the ball a mile. The putting is just is really worrisome. And then I don't Will just I don't know what to say about Will. Like the injuries start the injury worries me a little bit, but I'm sure he'll be he'll be okay. But he's kind of in the same boat where we've talked about it numerous times that if these guys don't start winning here soon, those questions are just gonna become louder and louder and more and more often. So you do not have them written down no. as I, as your major winners of player of the year? No. Interesting. No. Let me ask you this. Over or under a half a win for Cameron Young in 2023? Calendar. The season. Between now and the FedEx Cup playoffs. Man, I don't know. I don't think so. No. I, do the, you go under on that? And same question, Zalatoris. I think under. I, I think it's going to be wow. so much harder to win on the PGA Tour with these elevated events. Like we just wow. talked about it. Like there's 16, 16 events where it's the best guys in the world at all of these events. Like it's just going to be, and I know these guys perform well at majors, but. That's fascinating to me because I would have said over for both. Yeah, we'll see. Re- so that's going to be, that's one fascinating thing to watch. Okay, let me throw one more player in there. A proven player. On his way back, over or under half a win in twenty twenty two for Colin Morikawa. Uh, over, I, I think Colin. I think that's just uh, my player of the year is just like the same thing where he just had a bad year. For who my player is going to be? I feel like similar to Colin, where you just have one bad year is not is not the end of the world. All right, let's do these majors because this is fun. And I'm sure we'll get all of these wrong. Yes. Who do you have winning the Masters in April? Uh, Rory. Okay, me too. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, you want to tell us who you think is going to get second. I really hadn't even um, hadn't even put much thought into it. Tiger Woods, we'll say. Okay, because I think Cameron Cameron Smith and Will Zalatoris are going to be in contention again. I think it's going to be a thrilling Masters. Cameron Smith seems to play well there every time, and there's no way his game has fallen off just in a half a year on the live or whatever. It's not even. No, I don't know. And I, I don't, I can't stand like the, the game is not going like these guys, these guys got to where they did for a reason. Like the game's not just going to fall off. I think Cameron, yeah. Cameron Smith is going to be just as lethal this year as he was last year, year prior. I and mean, without a doubt, it's more about the, whatever time they're putting into their own games off the course. I don't know. The, the live golf is not quite as sharp a tool to, you know, 
uh, you know, keep your game in its best shape, but it's more about what you're, you yourself have committed to in terms of your own personal improvement plan. Yeah. So that's why I said, I think Cam Smith will be fine. I'm not so sure about DJ. I just don't know where DJ, he's so much older. I'm not sure where he's at in his life. If he wants to put that time in or if he considers live more like an appearance thing. But if you say he's playing great, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Second major of the year is the PGA championship which will be at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York. Your winner of the 2023 PGA Championship is? Uh, John Rahm. John Rahm, good pick. Yep. And I have I have this feeling you're going to say John Rahm's name again here in a few minutes. I will, ha- I will say that the best American golfer, best living American golfer, will win back-to-back PGA Championships for his third PGA Championship of his career. Justin Thomas wins the PGA Championship at Oak Hill this year. What did you just okay, say? You... Did you just say best living American golfer? Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> best, best. <laughs> what about Tiger Woods? <laughs> or you mean like just right now? Yeah, and okay. Jack Nichols is alive. Like I don't know. I don't. That was such a bizarre choice of words. <laughs> no idea why I said that. I always try to say he's the best American, and people are like. Now I think that's probably <laughs> people a... would probably say Scheffler, but I just feel like JT is the best U.S. born player. Oh, I feel and like will go on to have. I I still feel like the best is yet to come from JT. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's only like 28, 29 years old. Yeah. He, um. Um. He's one. He that, might go on one of his tears at some point. He he's going to. If you were to ask somebody, would you rather if you had eighteen holes? And you needed somebody, I mean, between Scotty and JT, I think every, I feel like seven or eight out of 10 would take JT. I would think maybe not. I don't know, dude. Sometimes I feel like the JT love is kind of like people think he's an underachiever. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, his putting is definitely, um, has held him back, has held him back uh, quite a bit. Okay. The U S open is at LA North. That is a really interesting venue. I'm going to say Tiger is definitely going to contend in that, right? It would it would make sense that he would. I've never been there, but I met my in my mind's eye, this course is probably short and flat. Yeah. Or if it's not flat, I know LA is not like flat, flat, but it's either up on the cliff or down by the way. You know, like it's. I don't think there's going to be. It's not going to be diff, a difficult golf course to walk. It's probably a small piece of property. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I will say that I hate this pick, but I'm going to say Patrick Cantlay gets off the schneid at majors and wins the U.S. Open at L.A. North. It just feels like it's got Patrick Cantlay written all over it. Hmm. Your winner? Uh, I'm taking the Cali kid. I'm going to take Max Homa. I think this is a really good fit. Ooh! Really good fit for him. Major breakthrough for Max Homa. Yes, in California makes a little too much sense. Yeah, okay. And then the and the last but not least, the Open Championship at Hoylake, Royal Liverpool, England. Your pick for the Open Championship. I, um, I struggle the most with the with the Open every year. I think I I expect Victor to have a big year, so I would I would like to see him contend in that. I. But once again, I if Rory continues to play the way Rory is playing, 
going to be tough. Winner of the Open Championship in 2014. So you got Rory winning two majors. Um. Uh, yes. Woo, baby. So he's your player of the year. Um. Well, that's what that's why I hesitated because he, he wasn't <laughs> at first. But now that we've talked about this, I guess your boy be. John Rahm better get into contention at Royal Liverpool. Yeah, which he will. He will. Um. I like. I have two names written down here for the Open Championship. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I think Will Zalatoris is going to win the Open Championship in 2023, Hunter. That's crazy. The other name I have written down is Colin Morikawa. Just great in Open Championships already in his young career. When I looked at the shots of that golf course, he instantly came to my mind. Um, But Will Zalatoris right there in that same mold, if he's healthy... I, I I I like that. I like that golf course for him. That's late in the year. It's far enough removed from the injury, and he should be recovered. And we're playing our way into into Ryder Cup season at that time of year. So I like both those guys, but I would love to see Zalatoris break through and win um, the Open Championship. I do think Zalatoris will have a big year. Don't forget, Zalatoris also a California kid. There's going to be a lot of locals in the field at LA North for the U.S. Open. I think that's going to be a really interesting U.S. Open. Okay, your player of the year, I sensed was going to be John Rahm. Then you told me Rory's going to win two majors. Yeah, I I did, uh, I did pick John Rahm. I think I think he was kind of had an off year last year. I was looking at his statistics from last year in comparison to his um to his stats this year. Obviously, only only one event played this year, but just looking at last year's stats, he was absolutely atrocious around the green. I think he lost he lost a shot around uh, on the green or around the greens, and then just this week he was already third, gained uh, almost one point four shots or one point oh four shots per round around the greens. So I, I just I think that similar to like I mentioned with. Um, where we were, we were just talking about oh Colin Morikawa, I really expect John Rahm to to kind of kick it back into to high gear this year. Well, maybe we'll get a little bit of a foreshadowing this weekend at the Century Tournament of Champions, sort of setting the stage. Because I'm going to say Justin Thomas is going to be the 2023 Player of the Year. Um. I don't think anybody's going to win multiple majors this year. I think he will win a major and multiple tournaments. I think his game is just so good. And uh, we still haven't quite seen the best from him, so I think we're getting closer and closer to seeing that. I don't know if it's this year or the next year, but I'd rather be early on it than late. So I expect him to have a big year. And I expect both those guys have a big week this week. Six and a half to one and 11 to one. I like them both. I think they'll both play well. I'll give a slight edge to JT just because he's got a little bit better history and he's played a little bit. Well, I guess they've both been playing, really. Rahm's been playing too. Golly, I don't know. I wish you could bet two guys under 12 to 1, but. Yeah, that'd be tough. Certainly going to be a fascinating year with all the changes to the tour schedule. Rocket Mortgage, by the way, is a month earlier at the end of June instead of the end of July in 2023. Changes to the schedule, changes to the elevated status. These fields are going to change. It's going to be harder to keep your card this year. Um, it's going to be a little bit different of a year, 
on on tour and it's gonna be a little bit different on the gambling side too because the the field uh fields for some of these events is going to be so different okay we forgot one thing which is rookie of the year yeah i'm taking uh the I'm taking my guy Taylor Montgomery. Uh, he's been playing. I mean, he just played an excellent fall series. I mean, he really is about as good as you can expect to play. Um, Over or under point five wins for Taylor Montgomery for you, 2023. Uh, probably over. I just like I'm just I know I'm just saying like it's I'm just putting this together. As I go through this, I know it's annoying for you, but it's going to be so hard to win an event this year that if you're a rookie and you win one, you might win rookie of the year as long as you don't wet the bed the rest of the season. You know, I mean, like, oh, yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. It's... All right. Enjoy the century tournament of champions. Hunter, anything else for this week? No, nope, that's, uh, that's all I got. <laughs>